afternoon. It is Saturday, July 19th. I'm here with, uh, of course, Brother Wolf. I'm Rocky Collins. This is Brother Wolf. How's everybody doing? Hope everybody is doing well, considering the circumstances that we are in. But today we're going to go ahead and on Benchmark talk about one of our topics, of course, that we love, pro wrestling. Specifically, we're talking about finishing taunts. Not the move. The signature that lets the crowd know, I'm getting ready to try to end the match, and this is what we're going to do. And a lot of people had different things that they would do to go ahead and amp the crowd up and whatnot. I'm going to go on record and say this. I don't like Philip. I don't think he's the best in the world. I think he's a spoiled little brat. But the taunt for Go to Sleep was the best taunt bar none. All time, I'm saying it. What's your What's your pick? I mean, uh, at, at, out of the two of us, I'm more of the CM Punk fan than you. But I do I, I do like the uh, go to sleep. But as I was just uh, just thinking about just before we started the podcast, the Rick Rude one where he'd sit up there and he'd do the gyrations when he was getting ready to uh, execute the rude awakening on people. That was one when I was a kid. I was like. That don't look right. And my mama said, that ain't right. <laughs> so I'm just saying that was one of those situations. <laughs> I, 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 Like I said, he did that throughout the match just because he went up the whole the body is amazing thing. And like you could see women in the audience literally swooning. Like I've never seen an onomatopoeia of a swoon. But if you look at some of the old Rick Rude videos, he like I believe he had his fair share of ring rats. But going back to it, what what round two? Going back to it, we're specifically looking at finishing taunts. So this is what the wrestler does before they enact their move. So in the case of Shawn Michaels, he's holding on to the rope. He is stomping that rope. Everybody knows he's about to go ahead and put a pair of motherfucking claps right next to your throat. Sweet chin music is coming through. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, yeah, that's the whole thing. I mean, uh, there was a lot of uh, different things like that. Like before Erd, uh, before Kurt Angle would do the ankle lock, he'd take the straps and he'd start take, taking the straps yeah, down. Pull, pull down the singlet, you, yeah. You knew exactly what was coming. And there was a time during a match, I remember, where he put the ankle lock on somebody. And then after he put the ankle lock on them, they, uh, they kicked out of the ankle lock and reversed it. He got up. Put the straps back on and took them back off because he said, hell, I'm going to do it again. And he got it on him again. And he won the match. <laughs> That's how he did it. Fair enough. And like as a, a as a angle disliker, I will give him credit that he, that looking back at his history, some of his nuance was really great. Like, he played the character bar none without a shadow of a doubt. Um, thinking about other people as well, like The Undertaker. It was lame, just a, a, the the thumb across the neck like you're slicing the... No. It, it, it doesn't do it for me as far as saying, okay, this guy's going to get it, and you know you're going to get it, and it doesn't dig the thumb screws deep. I mean, when we pick other... Like, Big Show with the hand. I don't want to get hit by it, but it wasn't really that provoking. As a friend of mine would say, I always said that uh, he's just punching somebody. He was like, the Big Show's hand arguably weighs 18 pounds. Have you ever been hit in the face by an 18-pound turkey? And I said, that sounds painful, and I understand what you're saying now. <laughs> I have to concur. There's no, you know, just... But as a taunt, it's just so 
basic. It's nothing that's putting you over the edge. You know what I mean? Like for cactus. Well, oh, you know what? I just thought of something. You know what might be better than GTS's uh, taunt? What would that be? Arguably the greatest stunt wrestler of all time. When he pulled into his pants and reached out that sock puppet and put it on, you knew not only what was coming, you want no part of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> People would move out of the uh, move out of the ring. But you know what else comes to mind when you think about that then? What about Rikishi? Because when he got in that corner and your face is in that corner... You did not want to be the guy that you were staring up there looking at Rakishi's ass. <laughs> I know this is not supposed to be one of those rough kind of podcasts, but let me say that. You wasn't looking at Rakishi's behind. You was looking at Rakishi's ass. <laughs> I ain't going to say nothing about that, bro. <laughs> That's my point. So there was that. Uh, also, I know a lot of people... Um, when I mentioned Rick Rude, another one I just thought of is when Christian was about to do his finisher. Uh, one of the dequalifying factors for Rick Rude is he would do the gyrations throughout the match. He wouldn't just do it setting up for the uh, for the finisher, which I believe my brother Collins is right about. But one of the things about Christian is he do those little he do a smirk with a little movement right before he hit him with almost the same root the, the root awakening. I forgot what Christian's called. Okay, right. Yeah, the unprettier. He would hit him with that same move, and it just put an extra kind of oomph on it. I mean, I think it's the perfect setup for a bad or heel character. Uh, it's very hard for a, a fan or a, um, a face character in order to develop a good ending taunt because it, being the good guy, they're supposed to just barely win at the end. But as far as a heel... His job is to get as much heat as possible so he can get that just before the end of the match by putting extra emphasis on, I beat your best. I beat the person who you thought could beat me, and now you're not going to win ever again. And so that's the final feeling you got when a heel would do their ending taunt. Very astute. I I agree with that uh, definitively. You know what I'm trying to think of, too? Seth Rollins has had a few finishers, and he just can't quite get one. I'm still a fan of the of stealing the pedigree, quote-unquote, but he never had a real setup, did he? Well, you have to uh, keep in mind, before Seth Rollins actually started wrestling in the WWE, his finisher was the curb stop. His finisher was, the it was basically a running, uh, where where he would put his foot, yeah, his foot on the back of the head and push it down. He can't do that in the WWE because of concussion protocol. It was one of the basic moves that WWE says no to. So that's the one thing. That's why he hasn't had luck finding a good replacement for it. Um, but he's still keeping at it. Well, well, to me, that just seems like one of those things where, okay, if I'm the whole thing is me using my foot, it seems like you could go ahead and start like high stepping. You know what I mean? Like that'd be a good way to finish it. And that also makes me think I'm trying to put on all the baby faces. Or even if a Russell wasn't a baby face, but. Some wrestlers, you just couldn't do their taunt for their move. Like, I'm a Hitman fan. I don't ever remember Hitman like making like a bullseye or aiming a shot or anything. He just did the damn move, which I can appreciate. But Hitman don't have a setup. Orton has his setup where he's all snotting and punching the ring and all that. I think that's lame as all get out. I'm not a Randy fan. 
Although I will give credit to Randy. If you ever see it, there's an interview where he surprises a young kid. Like, yeah, Randy Orton's nobody. Uh, I can go ahead and counter the RK when Randy literally comes from behind the, crowd, the scenes and grabs the kid. And the kid loses like, oh, my God, it's Randy. Yeah. And he was just happy. Even though Randy RKO'd him, he was just happy to be RKO'd by Randy, which <laughs> but, is uh, definitely good. But, uh, yeah, no. So what other options for finishes are there? And I can't really think of any. Like Hogan with the, the, the hulking up and the hitting to the crowd. Didn't like it. Um, the best might be, and I know you're gonna have to take this one as much as I'm with Lawler taking that elbow pad off <laughs> ever so slowly, almost sultry, and flinging that bitch into the crowd, doing that little no arm thing, and then running to the right, and then running to the left, and then sliding up and dropping the most theatrical, useless elbow on somebody. <laughs> but he pushed that bitch and he went over. I've never seen you taking an elbow pad off so I can get the point of the elbow in your not chest. Well, you have to keep in mind that Flair was the one that kind of originated uh, taking the pads off and doing more emphasis with the move. But mentioning Flair, we also had to remember the woo and then walk around the ring for about a good five to six minutes doing your little dance and everything. You leave his strut alone. Around the person. You leave his strut alone. You will treat it with respect. And No, this is the funny thing about that is the Miz actually went to Flair and asked him, can you show me how to do the figure four leg lock? It's one of the few things that the Miz, who is not given credit for a lot, but the Miz actually went to one of the guys that was the top in the game and said, show me how to do a figure four because I want to learn from the best. And so what Flair told him at the time was, I don't know why you're coming to me to learn a finisher when I don't get to put it on anybody because by the time I'm done doing my dance and everything, somebody always kicks out. And so he, at the time, he knew he was no longer the top performer. So it was basically, he did that finisher the way that it is to give the other person a chance to get out of the way. Which is part of Flair's, uh, uh, Flair's mystique as being one of the greatest performers that there is that he can get people over as much as he can get himself over. Fair enough. And like I said, that's that's not a finishing taunt, but it is a good taunt. You know, it's another taunt that I'm thinking about that we all should know, we all should be aware of, and it's in one of the five moves. Take your hand and make a five, <laughs> palm facing your face. Now waggle it up and down like you're doing a bad version of jazz hands. Because they can't see you. <laughs> And, you know, it's just one of those, like, I'm not surprised about it, but, like, why is it a finishing taunt? We know what's coming. It's just one of those, like, really? And for the longest time, I was not on Cena's game plan at all. Your finishing move should not be a fireman's carry, son. No. Don't like it. Don't co-sign that shit. But your I'm- finishing move should be a running elbow? <laughs> Say my finishing move with my elbow. If I have the, a metal plate, the, the, the Rock, who at the time was the number one wrestler for the WWE, actually did a running elbow and made it. So now you kind of understand where Cena was coming from. It at was the time. not a running elbow; it was a falling elbow after running. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, this is true because after he would run, he would spin a good. 30 seconds up in the air, getting it just right before he would come down on it at the end. (laughs) So, yeah, I have to say, uh, no, 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 no. But it's what it is. Uh, Think about other people as well. Like I said, Undertaker with his throat cut. I mean, 
I believe if a 6'10 man came up to me and did that, yeah, I'd be upset. But, no. Um, one of my favorite taunts of all time, although it's not a finisher taunt, a grown man with unnecessarily slicked hair taking a toothpick and flicking it in my face? It's not a finisher taunt, but I guarantee you we fighting after that. Right. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you could consider it the taunt, but the fact how he would put you on his back in a crucifixion, that was almost a time. But do, uh, do remember one other thing is that The Undertaker wasn't the only person that did the throat slash. Also, his brother Kane did it. And I think actually Kane's one was a little bit more menacing than The Undertaker's. Because The Undertaker's, you was like, okay, that, that, that guy's, uh, you know, he, he's big and imposing. But Kane, you knew he was big, imposing, and probably killed somebody. So that was the difference in between the two. <laughs> you know what? Looking at the fact that these two men could probably just punch a building and the building would lose? Eh, I'm not going to argue what level of horrible you are. You know what I mean? But uh, another taunt that I hated, Carlito Cool's apple. Bro, if you ever spit in my face. <laughs> I hear you, definitely. I, there, there, there's no apology. No, no, no. Like this is this is this is like what uh, Charlie Murphy said on Chappelle show. Ain't no slapping me. We gonna have a gunfight after this. <laughs> you got to go. And then you know when we we're talking about taunts, remember a whole stable used it. The DX chop. Oh, a whole stable used the DX chop. It wasn't a finishing it, taunt though. Like it was it, a really good. Like it was. It 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 permeated American culture. Definitely. So that's a, definitely a good taunt, but not a finishing taunt. Yeah, I have trouble trying to think of when it was actually used and then immediately followed by a finisher. I do believe you're right about that. I that mean, Sean went ahead and Bronco busted, but that technically wasn't his finisher. That was his signature, but not his finisher. Right. Sean's finisher was the sit-out face crusher. So, uh, so. And then also your your, your favorite uh, finisher that wasn't technically a finisher um, married the boss's daughter and win every match. <laughs> I tell everybody, Triple H has the best finisher of all time. The pedigree's not... The, I, I, I didn't say his finisher was the pedigree. You said his finisher was the pedigree. Yeah, exactly. Getting that's put on the creative team? That's amazing to me. That's my standout win. I mean, after... Keep in mind this one fact. After Triple H married Stephanie McMahon, Evolution was formed. And Evolution did not lose for another year and a half. And they had all the belts, didn't they? They had all the belts, and they were able to hold dominance as a rule breaker faction. Remember, this WWE at that time was based off of fan favorites. They had uh, most of their errors were based off of when Austin was a good guy, or when Taker was a good guy, or when Hogan was a good guy, you know, or when Cena was a good guy. You did not have a rule breaker faction break out in WWE like that until. Until it came down to evolution. And that was what it was. I mean, even the NWO. I don't know if they'd have made it in WWE at the time. Because mm. of the fact that they weren't... Uh, they Rule Breaker Fractions wasn't something that they gave great credence to. Which goes into what you were saying earlier regarding the fact that, hey, to have a good taunt, you kind of got to be a bad guy. Which, or at least not be a bad guy, at least be on the anti-hero spectrum. Mm. I just realized what... Uh, Austin's taunt was. <laughs> yeah. There's a middle finger in your face after you recover. All of a sudden, you kicked in the gut and your throat is crushed by his shoulder. This is true. 
Yeah, I mean, that's just universal, though. That's not like wrestler specific. That's why I still got to give it to give it to, to, to Philip as much as I don't want to. Punk, you knew it was coming. It, to- it, it told you the move by doing it. And with his stringy, greasy looking hair and his stupid lip ring and his punchable face, <laughs> I wanted to cause harm to him. But you know what? The guy who was supposed to do the harm for me, my agent, is about to go to sleep and there's nothing that can be done about it. <laughs> Damn you, the script. Damn you. I mean, that's one of the things I, I do think Punk Punk was uh, essentially almost a continuation of an Austin-type figure. I think that's one thing in which a lot of people don't give credit for at a time in which after the Austin era, after the Cena era, where you had a figure who wasn't always the good guy. Wasn't always the bad guy. He wound up being in the middle. If you look at Punk's reign as WWE champion, he spent the better part of the first half of it as a good guy. The better part of the last half of it as a bad guy. Now, that transition is easier when you're holding on to a title because, hey, if you're holding on to the gold, you want to keep the gold. And so you'll do whatever it takes in order to keep it. You may have had all those eat your vitamins and say your prayers in mind when you were going up the ladder. But when you're on top of the ladder, you're doing whatever it takes. Mm. I, I guess I agree with you. So still doesn't change the fact you went off topic you know about the wrestling, the finishing tumults. And you're absolutely right. And I do apologize to that for our listeners. I did go off topic. And mentioning that, like I said, there were a lot of good ones out there. I'm trying to think of one with a spear because I know my buddy Lou would love to talk about spears. I hate your guts right now. <laughs> but the only one I can think of is you get in the corner, get in a three-point stance and stare at the guy until he gets up in order to go ahead and tackle him. <laughs> It's so boo-boo. So that's not really technically a taunt. So I'll have to agree with that. (laughs) I mean, let's think about, like, so what about Omega? I'm not an Omega fan, but I I get it. So Kenny Omega doesn't have a taunt before he does one-winged angel? Yes, he does. What does he do? Oh, he does the the trigger pull. He does the gun gun pull before he does one-winged angel, which is nice. Now, he stopped doing that taunt after... uh, after they had the series of violent um, violent gun uh, situations with schools and everything, he stopped doing that time. But when he was still in Japan, he would do the gunshot and then rip back. So here's another stupid question. And say goodnight. Just to make sure I'm uh, following. What is his finisher? One-winged angel, one-winged angel or the trigger? The trigger. It's both. It's situational. Okay. He can decide when is a better time in order to use it. And he does also what Japan does quite often, which is they don't have the finisher actually in the match. Not all the time. Yeah. It normally takes more than one finisher to, to beat to your opponent. Somebody, yeah. um, so that makes me think as well, thinking about some other people like Hayabusa, Great Sasuke. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think of their taunts, and I can't think of their taunt. You know what I mean? Well, if it's not good, you're not going to remember it. That's that. That's the whole point of it. If you can't remember it, there's a reason you can't remember it, which I I do completely understand. But um, I mean, there there's a lot of good ones out there. Um, and I think we pretty much said the majority of them. I mean, for Doomsday Device, I can't remember a good one, but it hit you, 
and it hits you hard. Yeah, like they, they got some moves out there yeah. that are just amazing, and you know, I believe it would end the match. Yeah. However, as far as the taunt that sets up for it goes, I can't. Like I said, go to sleep is the best one. Yeah. I, I can't think of any other one that tops it, and that's upsetting for me to think that Philip wins this. I, I don't want to give him credit, but I have to. Credit where credit is due. Don't get me wrong on that one. But it also makes me wonder, do we need to go ahead and uh, readdress this issue or just give it to him and just see in a few years? I mean, the thing is, I don't believe wrestlers these days spend enough time working, per se, on that aspect of their ring uh, ring appearance. I don't think that they spend enough time building up like they used to. I think before it was more, I think now it's more of a, a a thing of you do continuous sets of moves. You're not really doing as much of the showboating or as much of the, uh, as much of the uh, showcasing before you actually uh, finish the match or execute the match. I think now you're, pre- you're preferring to do a lot more of the setup moves for it. I mean, you, you look at the most recent cases and you have people that spend a lot of their time executing different moves in a string as opposed to dealing with having to set up a dramatic uh, finish and everything like that. I, I see what you're saying. And as someone who is a fan of chain wrestling, I get what you're going. I just always think about Vince being the leading the benchmark, for lack of a better term, with when it comes to wrestling. And he always seems to have a formula of back and forth, back and forth, get a slight advantage, and then we're trying to put it away. So, all right, Kevin Owens, what's his talent? That's the thing. I don't think Kevin Owens has one either. Not even in Bullet Club? Not not even in Bullet Club. I mean, all of the Bullet Club, when when um, Omega was in head of Bullet Club, all of the Bullet Club used to do the, the, trigger. the, the trigger. When other people were in charge of Bullet Club, uh, except... Come to think about it, Omega wasn't the first one to do the trigger. Finn Balor, was in, uh, also known as Prince Devitt at the time, was in charge of Bullet Club that started doing the trigger. It wasn't until Omega got in Bullet Club that it really took off as being more popular. Which makes me laugh that also, if the name of your group is called Bullet Club, why wouldn't a gun be your finisher? Like It's such a, 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 a obvious continuation of thought that what else could you do? You know what I mean? Right. And so that's the whole thing is, um, you know, I'm trying to think when when Hogan was the leader of the NWO, he do the little guitar thing or something like well, that. That wasn't before he did a leg drop. That, he that wasn't that before he did Although I will say this, though. If you knew he took off that belt, you knew you were going to get you a good few lashes. Weight <laughs> trainer. Yeah, <laughs> because he was an old man at the time. Oh. Let's not forget that. <laughs> You know what? He's an old man with more money than me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He earned his weight trainer. I mean, <laughs> all right. So I just thought of one. You know what's one that it wasn't a finishing taunt, but it was a taunt that would piss me off would be Scott Steiner doing push ups in the middle. Bitch, finish the match. <laughs> it wasn't just him, though. Your boy uh, that used to play Ludwig Borga and was married to Sonny. Um, uh, Skip. Skip of the Body Donners. Uh, I'm trying to think. Chris Candido. Chris Candido. One of the uh, rest of soul. One of the great performers of that time. He used to do the. Uh, he used to do the push-ups before he would do his finisher. Yeah. Matter of fact, he he did do the. Uh, unlike um, Steiner, he would actually do the push-ups and then do his finisher right afterwards. Okay, so that's one. That's yeah. one. 
But so that's what I, and don't forget tugboat. Choo choo boy. <laughs> I know you did. It is do. one. It is one. Y'all couldn't see it, but I actually did the little arm movement with the choo choo. I just wanted to let you know, and it is one. <laughs> And I do believe it's the only one that actually used to end in a, in a spear. Because remember, we were just saying spears didn't work. <laughs> no, he sat on you. What? He sat on you? Remember, they were the natural disasters. Tugboat and type, uh, yeah. uh, typhoon or earthquake and typhoon. Uh, earthquake and typhoon. I remember earthquake used to sit on you. I didn't think that uh, tugboat did. You know what? It doesn't matter because he still remembered as the shock master. <laughs> and that's and falling through. <laughs> that's really what um, um, amounts to it, unfortunately. Like you are defined by case in point, Billy Gunn. I like the smoking guns, mm-hmm. man. When Bob, I, but my name's Billy. It doesn't, doesn't matter, matter what your name, name is. <laughs> the fact that you look at that and you realize that, yeah, at the time, Billy Gunn was perhaps on his way to being one of the best performers in wrestling at the time, and the Rock killed, demolished <laughs> the shit out of him. <laughs> but neither here nor there. So. Wrapping it up, let's go ahead and get to the finish line. I'm arguing that at this point in time, and we can go ahead and revisit. We have no problem doing that. The putting your head on your uh, your hands like you're taking a nap, the go-to-sleep taunt is the best finishing taunt of all time. And it's good because it's, like we addressed earlier, it's negative. It, it, it's, it's snarky, it's snide. It's, it did its job of establishing I am not a guy who you want to like. Yeah, and it, it, it makes you want to go ahead and engage with the character that fully. So that's my vote as the top finishing taunt. Not the top taunt of all time, let's be real on that one. But what's your grade for, for, for that one? Well, do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me? What's the benchmark? I mean, I would say that is probably where I would start my grade at judging. But like I said, very close behind it. I would say now that you had mentioned it, Austin with his, uh, you know, essentially his middle fingers in the air to you right before he got ready to do the uh, stunner to you. And then also, um, also, I like I personally liked, even though it never wound up actually going to the finisher. I liked when Flair used to do his setup with his theatrics. I know, uh, you know, it's un- uncouth to say, you know, that Flair was a good wrestler nowadays. Because, you know, people like people with a lot more moveset and everything like that. But Flair was good at what he did, and he doesn't get enough credit for it sometimes. Fair enough. And watching the 30 for 30 about it, Flair made you want to hate him. But not what to do. But I think that's also because what? A lot more of it was built into the character and not the tone. That's the only difference I'd say. Like he used to say, he made the women want to date him and the men want to be like him. Woo! This, that, and the third. This is Benchmark. This is Collins, and thank you for listening to the Benchmark Podcast, product of Benchmark Media, LLC, where we always attempt to establish a positive benchmark. We would like to remind everyone that the views and opinions expressed are strictly the views and opinions of each individual, and those views do not reflect the stance of Benchmark Media. Any opinion stated is not to be construed as professional advice or help. Please contact the professional for any help you may require. We'd like to thank all of our guests for their contributions, and of course to you, our listening family. Don't forget any of our sponsors. Please visit and support them as well. Our intro and outro music is Acid Trumpet by Kevin McLeod. Remember to contact us at therealbenchmarkpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on all our social media outlets, such as Facebook or Instagram. 
If you'd like to be a friend of the show, you can donate to us via our PayPal. Or you can donate me a drink. All rights reserved by Benchmark Media, LLC. Collins out.